Baker Mayfield. Undraftable. Off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into today's show on the OBR Film Breakdown. This is your weekend edition, which means it's going to be a little bit different. And this week at the OBR, we covered uh, a bunch of different things, obviously mostly predicated on tight end. So I wanted to also, while we're doing offensive line, cover offensive line. And if you did not get a chance to watch Kyle Murphy and I do Twitch all year, I thought there was no better resource to cover thoughts on the Cleveland Browns offensive line. Kyle, obviously... Heck of a football career at Arizona State in those prime late 90s years. He uh, brings a wealth of knowledge from his coaching uh, experience and a bunch of different angles. And it was a ton of fun breaking that down with him all year. So I want to have Kyle on, discuss the Browns offensive line, focus on some transitional thoughts. Jack Conklin, J.C. Treader, some young guys, Nick Harris, James Hudson, evaluating those players for the future. So a lot of focus on that in this conversation and really gathering his thoughts on everything around the offensive line. So, you know, I don't think this offseason is going to be spending a ton of time, you know, over, you know, overhauling that group or, or any big changes. But there are a couple key decisions that I think everybody should be focusing on because the ramifications are obviously huge in terms of the cap and money that they need to spend elsewhere to strengthen the offense overall and get some touchdowns on the board because we know how hard those touchdowns were to come by the second half of last year. So Kyle is the best resource I could find on the Cleveland Browns specific offensive line. So let's get over to that chat with uh, with Kyle right now. Hey, we're talking offensive line. You paid attention to the OBR Twitch this year. The guy Kyle Murphy's joining us. There's nobody better to have this conversation with Kyle. What's up, man? What's going on, Jake? Not much. We're going to talk about the uh, most important backbone of the of any football organization, which is the hog mollies up front. And let's. And uh, I got in. Go I, ahead. Go the, ahead. The, the weird names that that we have come up with for offensive uh-huh. line is is crazy, right? Like, what's your What's your favorite? Uh, athlete. Okay, I love that one too. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that one too. Fair enough. I mean, my my Twitter handle, obviously, uh, Warhogs. That's what we called ourselves. Uh, that's what our offensive line coach gave us when we were at Arizona state. So that's why I, I love that. Um, Cause it has a, it just has a, I like the hog mentality and, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're a group. Um, but I like the war in front of it because uh, you know, we played with violence and, and things of that nature. So I like the combination of those two. Love it. Well, let's uh, listen. These guys are athletes. People try to pretend like they're not athletes, but these are, you and I have had several chuckle moments breaking down, not that we broke down every single week, but we got a majority of them. And there were some moments where you and I are like, good God, that's an unbelievable play athletically. <laughs> so this is, I know you, uh, you obviously watch football at the NFL level with a close lens, but this is really your first team that you have spent a significant amount of time breaking down. Is that true or false? That is true. Okay. So I guess what I'm looking for, I know you're not comparing them to the rest of the league because you, you know, you're, you're watching these guys, you follow the right people on Twitter like I do, Brandon Thorne, some of those who who do league-wide study and you're always commenting on it, so it's not like it's anything new. But just your thoughts on 
how good in your opinion is this brand? I don't even know how to quantify it. I don't know if you want to letter grade it. Like just how good are they collectively? Did you love watching them? Did they do things you like? Just kind of your impression after this year, maybe going into next year when we try to try to do the same thing. I, you have a lot of talent, um, you know, and I know we'll go individually. I mean, there's a lot of athleticism and there's a lot of talent on that front. Um, for me, you know, I love watching Treader play center. Like to me, he's a top five center, you mm-hmm. know, uh, maybe top three. Uh, you know, he also battled through injury, you know, but just the, the things he is able to do uh, within the scheme that the offense runs, you know, they suit his strength. Uh, obviously, you know, Teller is unbelievable in the run game and, and pulling you know, that is his strongest stu- uh, attribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could. Uh, when we get in down, we start breaking it down, you know, pass blocking, he could improve overall. I, you know, again, I know we'll go, I started already breaking each individual down. <laughs> it's hard not to. Um, it's okay. They're, they're, the individual I, I, is good, right? I, I think what hindered and it hinders any offensive line is when you're not healthy and it's difficult to build co- consistency together and cohesiveness together. Um, and cohesiveness with your quarterback uh, and the other position players, you know, the running back when, when you have, you know, lineups changing, you know, and then you're in and out of the lineup. So as a whole, I think they played, you know, pretty well um, throughout the season, again, for what they battled with. And then just mm-hmm. overall, they, they, you know, you had a lot of guys coming in and, and who played better than probably people would give them credit for. Um, if you actually sit there and watch and watch what they do and how they do it and the other, you know, things that go into pressures and sacks and, and things of that nature. So I think they had a, a really good season. And I mean, there's no question why Bill Callahan is one of the best to ever do I think, at, at the offensive line. You know, yeah, I think that the, the pieces were interchangeable and uh, they had to they had to move some things around. You know, they, they're obviously. They're obviously missing Jack Conklin. We'll talk about him in a minute, kind of the future, because what we're going to really try to paint here is what you think the future looks like after we recap a couple of these guys. We'll sort of do some of them simultaneously, but I think we should start with the two guards, uh, both both guys, you know, contract extensions. I thought Joel Batonio, and again, I don't I don't think you, Kyle, were watching him as closely over the past several years, uh, but doesn't mean you weren't watch, catching some of Joel's tape and, and watching some Browns. Cause I know you're friends with Ryan and, and mm-hmm. uh, catching, catching, catching Joel for a while. He's, he's special. I thought he put together his best, his best season as a pro to be able to bump out the left tackle, handle that the way he did doing phenomenal work when inside the contract extension, very justified uh, talk, talk to me about uh, Batonio, what you thought of his year and then touch on Teller too, who got paid had a little bit of an up and down year and, and some things you think Teller could, could even get better at. Uh, you know, I think with Bentonio, he's he plays at an all-pro level. I mean, that's to again, and I would say that if he hadn't bounced out to left tackle and did what he did, um, mm-hmm. which is as impressive as a thing as um, you can do, and and I know a lot of fans can be like, well, you know, he's, he's already on the left side. It's just everything about it's different, right? And there's a comfort zone to what you've been playing, and and when you play guard you know, things happen faster in terms of when the guy is upon you, right? When you have to strike, um, you, you know, you also have, you're in a con- much more confined area versus tackle. So he's special. And I agree with you, like 
don't get rid of him. I mean, the Browns have gotten rid of enough, <laughs> you know, outstanding offensive linemen in their years past that I, I they shouldn't get rid of them anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of Teller, I think, again, his strength is run blocking and pulling, and he is athletic. Where he needs to improve is just his overall pass blocking. Right, his ability to anchor, his ability to re-leverage his hands, um, be able to uh, stay, uh, what would be the word, to be more and uh, keep his hinge, you know, in, when he is pass blocking, so he's able to move and mirror guys better. Um, I think one of the things where he gets into trouble is, you know, he just gets, he's too upright, and that mm-hmm. ends up, working against them guys pulling forward. Um, and it also, he gives up the inside edge a little bit too much. Yeah. Right? And again, all of, sometimes it's, it's hard to, to say those things, right? Because I think people uh, or fans can take it as a, as a negative. And it's just, we all have areas where we need to continue to get better at, right? Cause it's a never evolving game. So I think that's also key when you're talking about when guys get paid right and how you know he may have struggled yeah man the nfl is really really hard <laughs> yeah yeah you go to a key you know? Hicks and some of these others that to get in the interior it's like yeah. it, it's, it's ridiculous it's it's incredibly difficult so um i think it the more cohesiveness you can keep the better and I know that's extremely difficult in you know, the free agent world of the NFL. The more those guys can play together, the better they'll be. It, it's I've never seen an offensive line get worse the more they play together. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're you're right with Teller. He's a really gifted athlete, really gifted run blocker. Really, I think you can make a bona fide argument that he's one of the best pull guards in the NFL. Right there with Joel, but he is a devastating pull guard in mm-hmm. terms of power counter. And even if you pin pull and get him out wide, like uh, just the athleticism to keep up with the shifty movements of these, these safeties and corners that you, you find yourself, find yourself with. So you're right. I think you and I, if I recall a lot of the things you pointed out were, were definitely details like the minor details of pass game, where to put your hands, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, overstepping, oversetting with him, just little things to clean up. And then he's, he's above he's up in an all pro level you know i think he's right there he's on the cusp i think the browns are banking on that by the money they gave him right but um clean up the little things and and huge ramifications for him not that he's not already really good just little things that can make him joel right like joel's well i mean i mean when you're talking all pros right there's three all pro teams Mm -hmm. so you're talking about 15 offensive linemen in total 32 teams times five right that's 160 guys so 15 out of 160 get picked. So how, what separates you? It is those things. Right? Yeah. Obviously, you know, the more athletic you are, the more opportunities you have to continue to improve in, in terms of um, your ceiling. It, it's still a constant improvement for those guys, right? Trent Williams is Trent Williams because he's athletically gifted, but because he works at that. And I think yeah. that's what gets lost in the whole thing is that, you know, oh, they're, you know, he's athletic. Yeah, and he and he still has to work at it. It is you're talking about going backwards for the majority. <laughs> you're going backwards against guys who are legitimately, you know, faster than you and more athletic than you. D lineman as a whole 
are more athletic than offensive linemen. That's, you know, it's hard to say out loud, but it's also a fact. You know, <laughs> and they're going have, forward too, right? Exactly. Like, and they're that's going, the challenge. You know, that's why there's so much of a mirror between offensive linemen and corners, you know, and, and DBs really, because they're going, you know, particularly corners are going backwards as well, right? So there is a lot of mirror images. And I know Brandon has broken that down before. Uh, and so that, you know, that's not necessarily anything new. It's just there are similarities. And so it's difficult. And you can struggle. And like any other position, you can get in your head, man. Like yeah. you think you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing and you're getting your, your ass kicked. It's, it's hard to battle back and to figure out, you know, because ultimately, yes, you go through, you know, coaching and you're getting directed, but man, you got to come up with those solutions on the field. No, no one's going to be able to do that for you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's, uh, that's exactly spot on about the, the mental aspect of it that people don't think about is it's more glaringly obvious when a guy's got head case things going, maybe a quarterback, right. Who, who's staring at somebody open, but doesn't pull the trigger or, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a little harder to find the granular details of where an offensive lineman might be in his own head. And that's uh that's a great point. Let's um let's shift real quick to some decisions that are looming. I think there's two guys they have decisions on, um, you know, you and I, really, really like Nick Harris. Um, you know, we, we really liked his preseason work. I did not like much of his work at guard in his rookie season because he's not a guard. He's just not physically. He is truly stout a center. Enough. He, like, he is a, it, a center, he's a center sure. through and through. Yeah. Like, so we like, yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we liked his work against, uh, the preseason stuff, some fantastic athletic things that we all thought would translate from Washington and zone schemes and moving laterally, uh, really like his. I was surprised by some of the reset re-anchor things that he put on tape and handling guys like Kenny Clark when they ISOed him on him against Green Bay. That was really, really encouraging. So my question is this: I know you love Treader, and and I I do too. I think the Browns have gotten 
every ounce of, of, of that contract to work out for them when they brought him in. And he's been a great leader and it goes beyond just the Browns to the rest of the NFL, but it's a penny pinching business. And the, he's owed some money that if they were, let me, let me phrase it this way. I'm not going to frame you making the decision. I'm going to frame it as if they decided to move on from JC, do you think Nick would be able to step in and handle it at a high level and be able to be fine? Let me ask you that way. That's a great question and a good way to frame it. Um, <laughs> I think I think you're going to always lose a little bit. Um, do I think he could be if he could? I guess my hesitancy is consistency, and yeah. I agree with you. What we saw against Green Bay was impressive, and you know, if anybody wants to argue with me about that and his ability, they can we can go, you know, play by play and, and break him down because he did a lot of really good things. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the consistency at being able to do that is what you get with Treader. And I think that is, you know, if you're making decisions, you know, and again, if I think it does tie a little bit into your quarterback, like uh, if, if you're trying to keep Baker, Right and build Baker, and I know it sounds weird. Then I want my I want my most veteran center that I can have, because I want him there to help continue to guide him. Mm -hmm. Right. If it's you're not quite sure, and you're going to pull the trigger on the possibility of not keeping him, then I would go with Nick. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I know that seems weird, but um, I mean, I would be super hesitant to get rid of Treader, honestly. He's so good. Man. He's, he's good. He's extremely good. So savvy, I, you know. It's I, uh, he's I, I, having again. I didn't watch everybody else. I watched him, and mm -hmm. he played at an all pro level, hundred percent. Like that's an all pro center, man. Like whether he gets it or not, I damn. That that dude is impressive. So, I mean, is there someone else to choose between between Treader and somebody else, or is it just you have to make a decision on Treader and? That's a good question. Not not really. I guess if the Browns were looking to pinch every penny to turn money from from spots into better athletes, right, to, to create some explosive plays because we all know that they could not create many explosives. I've just been thinking of spots where if they moved on from somebody, I've been talking about Austin Hooper this week, is there somebody who steps in and it's just not a disaster and they're just fine, maybe not as good, but just kind of like fine. Do you, like, do you think Nick Harris would be an adequate fill in there? Yes. Okay. I, again, I, I again, I think he has. If you watch that tape and he can play at that level, mm -hmm. yes, I think. Uh, I guess the question would then become, from what you, and this is the part that we can never know because we're not at practice. Does he consistently play that way at practice? Yeah. That's see. That's ultimately that's what my question would come down to. So if he's playing, if I can see that day to day, which is the consistency I'm telling you about, mm -hmm. if I'm seeing that against you know, some of the, you know, the way practice goes and his competitiveness and all of that kind of stuff, then yeah, I would stick with him. I think that because Kenny Clark, I think is an elite defensive lineman and he, and he did really, really well against him. So yeah, you know, if he can be consistent and he has been consistent at practice, then I could see that happening. Got it. Good stuff. So let me ask you about Jack Conklin coming back from really one of the worst knee injuries you can have here with the patella tendon. 
and owed some money. They have ways of getting out of that money. Um, this is really a tough call. So what I'm asking here I would is like, that money. I would get out of that money. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think you were as high on Jack, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm asking. Like, well, the, the thing is, is if you do that, you're talking about James Hudson. So segue to like, it, give me two things here. If you, why you want to move on from Jack or white, let me say this, let me that you want to, but you're comfortable with moving on from him. And okay. what you saw from Hudson this year that could could they, not to say they can't go out and get somebody else, but you know that that thinks that the rookie has a chance there, right tackle, or maybe he doesn't. I'm curious what I, you think. I, I think he has a chance, absolutely. Uh, for okay. me, the biggest thing is Jack can't stay healthy. Yeah, which was his issue in Tennessee, right? Right. Why they so let like, him go? Right. So if you, if you can't stay healthy, like it doesn't matter how good you are, man. <laughs> and and it's it is so cliche. But the best ability is availability, mm-hmm. right? And I mm-hmm. and and Hudson is athletic, and he has a desire to like. You can tell by the way he plays; he wants to be good. Like he he did a lot of good things. He communicated well at times, right? He he picked things up. You know, there were times he got beat. Sure, okay, cool. As, as everybody does from time to time, you know, when you're learning and you're in and out. That's the other piece. I think you yeah. can really, I mean, tell her you just signed, right? Why not mm-hmm. put him with someone that I think over the next few years, you'll probably play as much next to, if not more, because I don't believe Conklin can stay healthy. I just, he, let me say it a different way. He hasn't, his track record is that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I, and that sucks. Like as a guy, as a guy who's been hurt a lot, it sucks, and I don't wish that on him at all. If I'm making business decisions, though, that's got to factor into it, and that's why I would say, you know, with Hudson, I just I think it works. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. You think we're going to close with a couple guys here in a second, uh, but but do you think there's a desire from your perspective based on guys you would envision being here? Do you think they should go sign a veteran backup swing tackle, somebody like Chris Hubbard, but maybe somebody again who can stay on the field a little more? Or would you like to see them draft somebody that they can keep developing at a younger age? I mean, I would trust Callahan. Yeah. Like if I, I mean, again, if, if, I mean, if you had Teron Armstead, you know, and he was playing left tackle, great, go get him. But you have a left tackle. Right, that you want to continue to develop and has the skills to to be an he has the the athletic ability and the ability to be an elite left tackle, right? It's just a matter of does is that what he wants? Yeah, talking about Jed, right? Like this is I I want it because I want to know real 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 quick as you're answering about him, you segue to him perfectly the way I was going to get there. Like, what does Jed have to do to be better? Is it an effort? Is it a desire? Is it a you and I talked all year about the helmet cam stuff where he quits on plays early. Like the talent is there. The dude is gifted glider in the, in the, in the, in the kick step game and has surprising strength. And he's, I know he's taken on a lot switching from right tackle his whole life to left tackle, but like the, the framework is there to me. It's like a, it's like a finishing nastiness thing. You could oh, yeah, again, I don't, step I, in, tell me what you think. No, I agree with you. Uh, cut you off a little bit there. I, I don't think it's a, I really don't think it's a right left thing for him. Mm-hmm. Watching, having watched him when he plays, you know, when he's healthy and when he's moving and when he's confident, like, there are flashes there where, again, he has the ability to be elite, to be elite 
is everything matters. Everything, right? Yeah. Your your ability downfield, your how you finish. Um, you know, that's to be elite, to be at the all pro level, to be considered one of the best is to have to play at that consistency. And that's, that's what he's lacking. He's not lacking the physical tools to, to be successful. It's just, you know, how bad does he want to be the best? And I'm, I don't have the answer to that, nor would I ever, you know, assume to he only he can answer that as each of us can like but when you not but and when you watch the film that's what stands out though yeah. is the is those plays that he doesn't finish yeah and, i would it, i would say the finishing and the mental sometimes there's just like a mental laziness there too like like uh where you you would point out to me like hey man you are easily in a position to get this right and mm-hmm. you just kind of don't right yeah, it's a uh, that to me. I, I agree with it. It all kind of goes into one. Like your desire to be great mm-hmm. means that everything matters, and that's. I mean, uh, and I'm not saying my way is necessarily the right way. That's just how I look at it. Like if if you want to be great, right? Greatness mm-hmm. starts with your doesn't start with your athletic ability. That athletic ability takes you to a particular place, right? Your genetics and that, but your desire to be great doesn't have anything to do with your athleticism. It's just, do you want to be the best at which, whatever it is you're doing, right? And that takes a sacrifice to get there. Nobody becomes great without sacrifice. It's just, it's not possible because at some point you have to give up something to get something. And again, Jed has to decide how, good does he want to be because however good he wants to be that's how good he'll be if that makes sense <laughs> yeah no I, I i definitely don't think i've watched him and i've i've thought like the guy can't do it like he just physically can't do it he can't play it's a different it's a different thing and it's i know you've coached guys you've played with guys where this is a thing mentally where either there's just not a massive buy-in there's just not the mental chip in the brain that i have to out hustle everybody you know, it's just, I'm worried about that. I, I, I'm not worried about the talent. I'm worried about that drive element that want to be the best thing for him that he needs. Every, every guy up there, you, you know, you know, this better than anybody, man, you got to have that. Right. Right. And I, I would say this part of what makes you better are the guys that are around you. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, the more you're around Joel, the more you're around a treader, the more you're around a teller, the harder it is to be the to be that way, because eventually that will wear thin with guys who are doing the things that we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like teller can get better at things, but you never question his desire to want to to compete. Like, and and I shouldn't say I'm. That's unfair to to Jed. I his you see his desire right all the time and i'm not and again it's not to say that jed needs to be that way but if there is a stark contrast the juxtaposition between those two things mm-hmm. is large and it's if i see it i guarantee you the guys in the the guys in the room see it yeah that they just do 
Yep, for sure. I'll I'll close with with Hans. I thought he was asked to do something that was damn near impossible for his skill set, and I thought he fought really hard. Uh, don't envision him being an answer to any long term outside positions at tackle, but I think he has a nice backup guard profile. Him and him and Michael Dunn as well. So uh, just curious if you think those guys are good pieces for the future, or they if you think they can do better in those roles. I mean, they're always going to be looking. That's yeah. you know that's the role of the backup lineman. I like Hans. I thought he did a lot of really good things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, playing tackle in the NFL. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially coming in against the Bosa's of the world and right. You know, so he he did. I, I thought I agree with your analysis there. Like I, I I thought he held up fairly well for what he was asked to do, which is play a lot of different spots. Um, and again, that goes back to the, the you know, the injury concerns and the things that you have. Like, it's just, it's hard to build continuity when guys aren't in the lineup. Right? Yeah. And even, and when you're a backup, you're just, your reps are limited, you know? And so the, the, and this actually goes really for any skill or any position, uh, offensive line or, or otherwise, you can only, there's a, there's a limit or a ceiling to how much better you're going to get in the during the season in terms of your overall skill set because there's just not enough hours right to Mm. to go through you know the mechanics of the things that you need to improve on which is why guys spend so much time in the offseason doing it so you can make these minor improvements so things that you know Hans struggled with you know i'm sure people looked at and go well why can't he fix that just there's not enough time man like there's just you, you don't have the time or the reps to, in order to break a habit during the season because you only have so many days that you're out there, right? And then you have to all the other things that ha- you have to learn while you're trying to do that. So, for sure, I would I would keep him again because of the things that he showed um, for you. I think Dunn. I think there's probably better pieces out there that you could you know, probably that you could fill in that position. Yeah. His back situation didn't, didn't help him. I thought he had a nice end of 20, <laughs> but familiar. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll get the, yeah, putting that back in that anchor position the way you guys have to, I'm surprised any of these, these things hold up, man. Um, let's close with, uh, with this. So there's some data out there, some pretty alarming data. I, I, I even noted it when I wrote about Baker Mayfield um, way back, you know, about a month ago with the things that concern me and, Big things that concern me are, you know, what does he do to help the O-line, right? Traditionally for him, the ball's not out very fast. He is a pocket drifter. You and I have talked about this, uh, where he will drift into pressure that he creates. He is at the top of the list for created pressure percentage per dropback up there with Patrick Mahomes. The difference with Patrick Mahomes is that he can get out of those situations he create those situations he creates while Mayfield is not the athlete and does not have the arm slot changes or the ability to get out of yeah. the pressure he's putting himself in. We talked also about the the variance and the drop depth that he would have and why that's so hard for offensive linemen to just, you know, you're an O-lineman, especially tackles who are on those islands, right? You like to know where your guy is, right? I know my guy likes to do this. If I ride him inside, he's going to be able to bounce outside. If I, you know, if I run him around the, around the uh, track here, he can step up and slide. Like that's stuff you need to know. That's second nature. And it's, you're not watching your quarterback. You just got to know it about him. So, I thought watching this year now, 
again, you can uh, you can pinpoint some things with Mayfield that could have gone wrong, but the, the steps in the wrong direction were challenging, and and he's not and you know he's not going to get out of the stuff that he creates. So if he's creating extra issues, and he's not able to be the one to overcome them, uh, I just think and you can expand on what I'm saying or not, but he's a, he's a challenging quarterback to block for um, in past pro situations, not play action situations where you're booting off of it and things like that. But the, un, you know, the predictable true pass sets there where it's third and third and throw, right. Or it's game situation dictating throw. He's a challenge. Would, would you agree with that? Or, or, or what do you think? 100%. No, hundred percent. Like, look, I played with a guy that was, I would consider squirrely. He, mm-hmm. like, you know, he was obviously different than Mahomes, but Jake could, he would get, uh, you know, he would bail us out as much as put us in harm. Yeah. If that, right. I, you can't, like, you just can't, in the NFL, things are so minute, right? Like everything, everything matters. Every single thing matters. And so if you're going to drift, that's really hard. Like if it's supposed to be a seven, you know, yard drop, meaning like you're supposed to be at seven yards and you're at 10. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. I don't know yeah. you're at 10. And if it's the next time you're at seven, okay, cool. I still don't know. Right. So you're playing on this precipice of, okay, I got to play perfect because I'm not quite sure. And it's, you, you just can't play that way. Right. Cause there's hesitancy in that and then you're not playing confident and when you're not playing confident all kinds of bad things happen and and that's all the negative scheme aspect and you know down in distance and scoring points the real scary part is that that's how you what leads to injury yeah you know because you, you know you're at you're in a position that you're not supposed to be in you know the defense again is going forward can see you maybe they roll up on a guy and again not that you're it's not that you are trying to create injury. It's that without precision, that's what happens in a sport that is that fast. Um, And so again, if in practice, these things are happening and they're not translating, then what's happening in that piece, if they're not being, if they're not happening in practice, then it's going to be difficult because, Mm -hmm. you know, I know also know that trying to get somebody, to get into that take his position it's it's not like the pickens are are large right that are yep. clamoring to come to cleveland so yep. um then you better get him right because you, you also want that you need that uh that bond and that trust between the guy that's behind you uh, and the guy that's behind you needs to have trust that you know the guys in front of you will do anything for you. And it becomes more difficult when it's inconsistent. It just, it's not, it's not overt, but it creeps up in there, right? Like, okay, where is he going to be? What's going to happen? Oh, great. Because again, sacks, yes, okay, you know, coverage sacks, and they say these things, but ultimately, right, it's, it's going to always the linemen are going to take the hit and that affects also their ability to be successful and make as much money as possible. Yada, yada, yada. So, you know, all of those things have to be taken into consideration, which I'm sure they are. I mean, this isn't 
Um, I don't think it's rocket scientist science. I think yeah. you just have to understand that what builds your team. And also, I was going to say this, what is the strength of your team? Right now, it ain't your quarterback. So if it ain't your quarterback, then it better be your O-line and your running game because it's your running backs, right? That's the strength of your team in terms of on offense. Um, yeah, they they went through some stretches there too where, you know, stretches where they couldn't have or they, they weren't running it well. And uh, they, they're, yeah. you know, unique in that sense where they can't, they just can't afford it, can't afford it, no. you know? So yeah, it's got to be, you know, and again, that goes back to being consistent up front and all that kind of stuff. So again, I, that's, I, I would go, I would go young at right tackle and just mm-hmm. really build off, you know, that side um, and continue to build because then you can build off both sides, right? Make yeah. the right and left and, and now you got to really, and then, you know, maybe, you know, you get Nick in there. I don't know. I don't know that I want to get rid of Treader. He's just too, he's too good. He's good, man. <laughs> no, I don't. That's why I wanted to have your opinion about it because he's, he's, uh, I don't, I think, I think I've tried to paint the picture that if they do it, they would not be a disaster at center. You know, I think, I think I have, no. I have some faith that Nick can get some things done there if they, if they go that route. But if, you know, if you're looking for a player that's, consistent he's there every day he's he's a leader and and uh you know you can't go wrong with chasey for another year to to finish out that contract so this is every angle of the o-line i want to touch on kyle this is this is great uh great stuff and we will uh, as the as the off season gets closer maybe when we start looking at some prospects uh these middle round guys i might send some tape to you and have have a little uh twitch session here or there but we'll get to more kind of o-line 101 stuff after the draft and into the dead period uh, we'll get Kyle back on some Twitch and, and talk about O-line technique and different things like that and try to teach you maybe what some definitions are and how they're coached and all that stuff. So that'll be fun. So, Kyle, appreciate your time as always, man. Thank you so much. You got it, man. Had a good time. Thanks. Thanks for joining today's weekend bonus content. And obviously, thanks to Kyle for stepping into the show and doing a fantastic job covering offensive line as he did all year. Make sure to check out yesterday's Fridays with John Colosimo for a fun episode where we talked about a myriad of different topics. Literally, uh, you know, I talk Browns almost seven days a week and stay hyper focused on them. So it's nice to have a little bit more fun and conversation and talk about different points of interest around life, not just. Not just the Browns all day, every day, even though I know that's why you jump into this podcast, but it is an angle that I'm going to try to do a little bit more to to make it uh, to make it less, I don't know, grueling, less, not grueling, it's not the right word, I love doing this, but just to make it a little bit more fun. So uh, check those out on Fridays, I think those are fun episodes, we've had a ton of tight end coverage this week, we have a fun one checking in on the Bengals tomorrow as well, how they're feeling post-Super Bowl and as they are the top dog competition right now in the AFC North, talking about ways in which they can be attacked, how they're going to improve their roster with somebody who covers them every day. And I think is one of the, you know, I would consider the best guy covering the Bengals are right up there. So check out that episode for your Sunday weekend bonus content that I have out as well. So we'll be back, like I said, tomorrow. Until then, have a great Saturday. Stay safe, be well, and go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.